All right. If you are watching us on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, or even Twitch, we're live tonight and we're back and we are going to melt your faces off with Dave Harvey, the guitarist and founder of Millennial Rain. So stick around. Dave, welcome to the madness that we call over here Raven's Heart. <laughs> I like the intro too. It has a real Vikings feel to it. <laughs> hey, and I'd like to welcome our viewers. You're coming on. I love to see that eyeball light up with the numbers right there. And we already had a comment from Jermaine, who's tuning in from Georgia. He's with the band Tricord, and he says, Good evening. And I am so excited about this edition tonight because the band we're talking about their style is right in my wheelhouse this is kind of where i camp out and people that have been watching this live stream and with us for you know several years now know that this is where i'm at and dave i have to ask you this question you know our our viewers and our listeners are going to hear this in a minute you guys are epic your sound is epic how did how did it go from being a concept this band that you had millennial reign in your mind to being this powerhouse of epic metal. How did it all start and how did we get where we're at now? Well, that's that's a few steps. Uh, I can literally remember being in a church service one day, as far as the name goes. And of course the pastor was talking about the thousand year millennial reign. And when he said that phrase, I just rem I remember thinking in my mind, that would be a really, really good name for a band. Uh, <clears throat> as far as going from the concept, uh, I didn't get around to making it into a band until 2010, and it actually started as a recording project. Uh, I had several songs that had never been released from an old band that I used to play in from about 99 to 2005, somewhere around in there called 316. And uh, they were 80 style songs. And I decided one day, you know what, those, those songs have never been released, so I'm going to record them and release them. So I recruited the old drummer that I played with in 316 to do the drum parts and a uh, singer that uh, I worked with kind of on and off here in the Dallas area and ended up recording those songs and releasing them just as a recording project. And that was, uh, we released that back around 2012. And uh, the next album I started working on, well, that sounded a lot more like the style that I had been listening to for the last 20 plus years, which is uh, European power metal. Mm -hmm. And uh, I ended up, I was going to do that as just as a recording project as well. But I recruited a singer. It was a different singer. We had a guy by the name of James Guest. And once we started working together, well, I started shopping around the different different record labels. And uh, Ulterium, oh, sorry, Ulterium picked us up. And they started talking to us saying, look, 
this stuff really needs to be played live. You know, it's, it's this is their words, not mine. It, uh, this needs to be taken out to the masses, basically, is what they were saying. <laughs> so we decided, I talked to the singers, like, okay, well, let's let's see if we can find a few people to recruit and, and just build a band, build it, build it into a band. So uh, 2015 is when we released the next album, Carry the Fire. And uh, by that time, it was just before the actual release that we had every member in place and, and it formed into a band. And then we started doing live shows after that. That blows my mind how you started out just as a studio project. I know a few other bands. There's one that I work with locally here that started out as a studio project. And we got them out on the stage for the first time as a band at our rock fest that we do here in Charleston. And they're a lot like you are, you know, very heavy 80s influence. And I want to talk about that for a minute because, I mean, I'm, I'm an 80s kid. I grew up on the on the hair metal and everything during the 80s and, and the rock of the 80s. And I... When I listen to your music, there's just so much going on there. And we're going to get to a song in just a second. I hear all sorts of different genres. I hear the European power metal in there. I hear the 80s in there. What other components do you weave into your music? What other genres, what other influences are there in the unique sound of Millennial Rain? Well, in the 80s, I was really heavily influenced by bands like Queen Drake, uh, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest. I was a big Dawkins fan. Uh, I wasn't really into what they called the glam metal, you know, Poison, uh, Motley Crue, those type bands. They were, they were okay, but it wasn't what I listened to. It wasn't what I was into. I was into the more serious, I guess at the time you could call them darker, uh, more just straight front metal and not, not pop metal. Uh, and then uh, in around 98, 99 is when I actually first got on the internet and not to go into a long story on that, but the nineties were a very dark time for me musically. I was not a grunge fan, not at all. And, uh, that was the only thing that, that there was to listen to. Uh, the bands I were, I was playing in were, were mostly cover bands and we were having to play a lot of that stuff, you know, to make money at it. But, uh, when I got on the internet around 98 and 99 and started discovering record labels and just other sites out of Europe and what was going on in Europe. And I discovered bands like Ed Guy, uh, Avantasia, uh, Master Plan, uh, several other bands that were just in the power metal genre. And it was like the lights from heaven. You know, it just came down. And I knew that that was the direction I was going from there. I just, I started ordering albums from directly from Europe. I had to wait, wait a while to get them, but I started ordering from Europe and uh, that's all I've listened to now for the last 20 plus years. Yeah, that's, that, that's pretty much where I camp out. Hey, we got a lot of comments coming through, and I want to bring these up, especially this one. It is from Brian Diffie, and he says, <laughs> Dave Harvey is the greatest guitarist that I have ever worked with. <laughs> okay, this is the guy, the one that I was just talking about that uh, we released a, the studio project. Uh, he is a, uh, a pastor, and he also plays drums, and he's the one that played drums on the first studio project album. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. That, that is, that is cool. Hey, we got Michelle, uh, Suzanne, she says hello and she loves, she, I know her personally, she loves to shred and she is really into the power metal and the symphonic metal. Like we are, she's, she was so excited when I said, 
that Millennial Rain was coming on. I had a lot of people like, oh, man, that is so awesome. And then Jermaine uh, from Tricord, he says he was born in the 90s but loves 80s music so much. Another comment here. Everybody wants to weigh in, and that's uh, hieroglyphics right there. So <laughs> we'll, we'll try to translate that. I'll give that to my dog to translate in a few minutes while we uh, take a listen to a, tr- to a track here. It's interesting you say DACA because they were one of my favorites in the 80s. Yeah. And the first time I heard anything from Dokken that I experienced him, it wasn't Nightmare on Elm Street. It was the song Alone Again, the the ballad that they did. And that just sucked me in. I was like, that is just so beautiful, you know. And Michelle, she oh, she's back for more. She says, "Hey, Dave, I heard you on Metal Sharpens Metal last Saturday." So, is she from the New York area? She is down here in Charleston, South Carolina. Dokken. I actually was in the military. Uh, I, I was stationed at Fort Riley, Kansas, and I had that was my first experience with MTV, and that was back in 1983. And uh, I used to sit for hours and just watch it because I was so consumed by it. I I, I didn't have that from where where I came from in Arkansas, and I was living in Arkansas at the time. And uh, the, in the area that I lived in, we got three channels: four, seven, and eleven, and that was it. And then well, two if you want to count PBS. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, four if you want to count PBS. But uh, anyway, when I got to my first duty station and just started, uh, all these 80 band, 80s bands just started coming through on, on MTV. Well, Dawkins was one of them, and Breaking the Chains was, was the first thing I was exposed to by them. Hey, and w- talk about power metal here. We've got Orlando Facente. I think you know this guy from Armor of God out of Florida. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. said he, he's met you. He said, good evening, brothers. Uh, the first time I saw Ed Guy live, it blew my mind at Prog Power. Yeah, Sebastian, uh, what is his name? Uh, Sebastian, uh, I can't think of his last name. But anyway, the vocalist, the, especially in the earlier stuff, the guy was just phenomenal, phenomenal. Well, let's take a listen to some Millennial Rain tracks. The first one that I want to take a listen to and share with our viewers and listeners is the one Innocent Cry off of your album, Carry the Fire Again. I've listened to this numerous times before we've done this edition. And not only is this song heavy musically, but lyrically, it's a very heavy song. It'll really make you think. Can you tell us a little bit what this song is about before we take a deep dive into it? Uh, well, James, our original vocalist, of course, he's the one that wrote the lyrics to it. But uh, in a nutshell, you know, you go back to the Old Testament and you had these people that were sacrificing their children to the god Molech. Uh, that's basically what you're seeing with the United States today in all the abortions. And uh, it's, it's just mainly getting into the abortion uh I'm at the loss at a loss for the word right now, but uh, it's just it's anti it's an anti-abortion song is what it is. Wow, it, I mean it's it's a heavy song, and uh, you know it's, it's very well put together. We're going to play that, and you're right, that is what's going on with abortion. It is child sacrifice to Molech. Right. It's just taken on a prettier name so that people are a little bit more uh, accepting of it. But we got to call it what it is, and it is it is child sacrifice to a fallen deity is is what it is. Well, this is Innocent Cry by Millennial Rain. And hey, if you want to make comments on on what you like about this song, go ahead and, and we'll put them up after and we'll discuss a little bit more. Again, this is Innocent Cry by Millennial Rain.
Okay, that takes a wrecking ball to Moloch and abortion. <laughs> yeah, that's got the point, I guess. That that is a wrecking ball. And Jermaine, he made some comments, and I want to bring them up because we're going to have people listening to this on the audio later. Some comments that are so true. He says that progression. I like how it sounds like an Egyptian or Middle Eastern song, perfect in talking about Moloch and so much eye-opening things. And this song is an eye-opener. And then Jermaine, this is Jermaine. This smacks so hard. He absolutely <laughs> loved that. I mean, using metal to break down principalities and powers and strongholds. And this is a conversation I was having with a friend via text last night. It's amazing. No wonder Satan tried to steal heavy metal as a genre from God because it breaks strongholds, drives out demons, and you can use it to just smack idols down left and right. And that's what you're doing with this. And uh, Suzanne, uh, Michelle says, I love the combination of musical influences, heavy all around. Absolutely. And that was your new vocalist, Tiffany, yeah. correct? How did she yeah. find her way to Millennial Reign? Okay. And again, that's kind of a step-by-step -step story. Uh, James, after we put out the first album, uh, he also owns his own business. He has a roofing business, and he does a lot of commercial work. And uh, he got so busy after we had released that first album and done, we'd done several shows that and we had began working on the second album. And uh, he'd gotten so busy, he just called me one day. He says, look, I'm sorry. He says, I'm just, I'm just so tied up with my, with my job. I just don't have time to do it anymore. So we, you know, he did a few more things to kind of finish out. Uh, you know, he didn't just, just leave us, you know, up high and dry. He, he did a few, a couple more shows with us. And then, uh, Travis came in on the second album. And I, he's a friend of mine. He was just kind of an interim. Uh, he, he came in and he wrote for the second album so we could finish the album to, to get our commitment done with our record label. And we also had several shows booked. Uh, I remember we had one uh, with Hammerfall, had one with Theocracy. Uh, oh, we had uh, Exoto Fest in Mexico that we were committed to as well. And he came in and basically just helped us get us, helped get us through all of our commitments. And after we got most of the stuff out of the way and we had a lull time in there, well, we, that's when we started looking for somebody else. And uh, Steve, our drummer, has this friend who is a vocal coach here in the Dallas area. And uh, he talked to him asking if he knew of anybody that might be interested in doing this. And uh, he says, well, are you opposed to having a female? And, of course, we talked about it. And we're like, no, <laughs> not really. So she came out and auditioned for us. Well, she did it. She came out and just nailed it. She did a really good job. And we also had two shows lined up, one with Accept and uh, another one with Striper. We, we've opened for Striper many times and toured with them as well. Uh, we had those two shows coming up that we had to get through. And... Tiffany did the did the shows with us, and you know we wanted to see how she performed in a, in a live setting, and she again she just nailed it live. She just did did a really good job. So after those two shows, well, we just went ahead and just said, okay, if you're if you want to stay, well, it's yours. And that's how she ended up in the band. What a story! <laughs> what a story! And here you are talking about all of these bands that you've worked with and that you've been on stage with. And I took a look when. You sent me some of your information. 
you've been on stage with some of the heavy, heavy hitters. Uh, a lot of the bands that I've gone to see and that I've appreciated. I mean, the list, uh, Delane. As a matter of fact, Orlando, who's watching right now, can tell you what we're doing here started by me meeting him at a Delane concert in Tampa, Florida, which is crazy. Sonata Arctica, and, and Michelle's here because of Delane as well. Weird connections. We'll talk about that offline. Sonata Arctica, Hammerfall, Omnium Gatherum. I mean, these are like this is what I call the prime rib of metal bands when, yeah. you know, when you put them out there. What's it been like being on stage or supporting these acts, especially as a Christian band with such heavy lyrics? How have the audiences received you and what's the experience been like with these guys? Well, our main thinking at that time was, you know, we needed to play with bands of like genre because that's who we were reaching out to. And you know, we couldn't really preach the word off the stage, but we let the lyrics do, do our talking for us. And the funny thing is, is when people would meet us after our sets, they were more interested in the name, really, than than uh, the lyrics, because a lot of people don't understand what the term millennial reign is. And, of course, when we would explain what it is, well, then the light would go on and say, well, you're a Christian band. Yeah, yeah, we are. And that's that would open up, uh, open up the dialogue, but we were able to able to speak to them a little bit more about our faith and just things going on. Now, uh, we being in the venues we were in, you know, we couldn't really do any kind of type of an altar call or anything like that. But uh, you know, we could at least plant the seed, and that's what it was. Yeah, that is so cool that you got to be able to do that. Um, what's the most interesting reaction that you've had from somebody who's like really? banging their head and really interested and excited about your music. And then they talk to you and you're like, Oh, you're a Christian band. What's the, <laughs> mo what's the most interesting reaction you've had? Well, just that, uh, I can remember this one girl, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was. We were, we were open for it was either, it was either Y and T. I think it was when we, I think it was when we opened for Y and T if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, our, our habit is after we do our set, well, we'll go out and hang out at our merch booth, you know, so we can actually meet people as they're coming up for merch. And uh, this one girl walked up to me and she said, and again, it was about, it was about the name. And uh, she's like, well, what, what, what is that? You know, what's the name? You know, because the term millennial wasn't being used as it is now, uh, you know, for younger people when when the, when we first released first released the first two albums millennial didn't really come into big play i guess until like maybe 2016 2017 at least i didn't remember hearing it until around then but but uh she walks up she's like well what's with the name and i and i told her i said well it's it's a it's not actually in the bible but it's a term used for the thousand year millennial reign of christ after the seven year trial tribulation and of course her her response was, okay, so you're a Christian man. I'm like, yeah, 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 we are. And she literally just turned around and walked away. That was the end of the conversation. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, hey, plant, planted a seed. You know, it's really She's funny because <laughs> <laughs> before I went to seminary, I thought millennial was that thing that Han Solo and Chewbacca flew yeah, at less true. than yeah. four parsecs in the Kessel Run. That was uh, the millennial falcon. Yeah, yeah the millennial falcon. <laughs> <laughs> and Jermaine is weighing in. He says Sonata Arctica is one of my favorite bands. Nightwish, Epica, Camelot, all amazing yeah. bands. Yeah, that's that that is so awesome. And you have supported 
some of the pioneers. I mean, they are the pioneers of Christian rock and metal striper. I mean, you yeah. go back and you look at their story. How did that opportunity come about? And what was it like to support these legends that, you know, really paved the way and paid a price for what they did? Yeah. Now, let me just start off by saying, you know, I've gotten to know them and their their crew, uh, their manager, uh, even their, their road manager at the time, you know, as many times as we've opened for them. And those are some of the most sincere, uh, nicest guys you'll ever meet. They are really down to earth, you know. But uh, as far as how that came about, we landed the opening slot for them when they were doing the Fallen Tour uh, at the beginning of 2016, I think it was. And uh, we opened up for them here in Dallas. And after that show, it was probably about a week later, I actually got an email from their, from their manager. And uh, he went on to tell me that, that Michael Sweet had actually... I don't know if he, I guess he called him because they were still on the road at the time, but he called him and uh, was telling him about us. And I'm, I'm using his words here, not mine. He told him that we were a high quality band and we would be good to go out on the road with them for their 30th anniversary of the To Hell with the Devil Tour. And of course, I have, I have to tell you, I was a little taken back by that. But, uh, you know, we as long as they were going to be out, we couldn't do the whole tour. So we just did the southern leg of it. You know, all of us guys, we all work, so we couldn't leave our jobs for two months at a time. But uh, we ended up doing the southern leg of that. And after that tour, you know, we just got to know him really well, especially Oz. I still talk to him every once in a while. We, uh, him and I, on the last night of the tour, him and I actually exchanged phone numbers, so we talk every once in a while. And uh, ever since then, every time they came into town, for some reason, uh, we were just the go-to band. They they would contact us and we'd end up opening it up for them. And again, like I say, they're just, they're just really super guys. You want you get to know them. They really are. What a privilege to be able to exactly. do that. And what, That's what an honor. That's the way yeah. we look at it. Yeah. And another way to look at that too, is that is the Lord honoring your faithfulness oh, yeah. and your stance and your courage for what you're standing for and the way you're doing it. Now, Brian has uh, brought up a comment and I am very interested to hear about this. He says, don't forget about the pagan fest at Burns Park. Do tell, Dave. <laughs> I don't remember what it was called. Uh, it wasn't actually pagan fest, but once we got there, we found out it was a pagan fest. And they hired us to do it. You know, we were playing like the band I was telling you about, 316, uh, 80s style band. And uh, we were playing and they were literally, was literally a tent, if I, if I remember correctly, a tent about 100, 100, 150 feet down from us. And we could hear something going on in there and come to find out it was, it was like they were conjuring the dead. It was like a, like a seance. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we were all just kind of looking at each other. <laughs> Oh, I'd forgotten about that. I guess I just completely blocked it out. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, it was just, it turns out that it was a pagan festival and they, I, I get, maybe they didn't know we were a Christian band, you know, because, but we were outspoken about who we were, you know, 316, duh, you know, so uh, it was just one of those things that, yeah, that's a story. Yeah, I, I guess I had definitely forgotten about that. It's funny because when you say that and you're telling me about how you wound up there, I was just thinking back in the uh, you know, to Paul on Mars Hill 
when he was preaching yeah. about the unknown God, he was in the middle of pagan fest, right. basically, right. you know, preaching at Mars Hill. And there's, there's, I've found more openness with a lot of times with pagan people about the truths of scripture and spiritual things than somebody who's been exposed to a lot of church or structured religion. Well, that is so awesome. That is so, that is so cool that you got to do that. Let's uh, rewind the clock and talk about some eighties music for a minute. You did a cover of triumphs allied forces and for me growing up, Triumph was one of those bands that was just like at that upper tier, that upper level. I always yeah. looked up to them. Um, how did they influence you musically and why did you choose to cover Allied Forces? Well, musically, uh, I believe that album came out in 19, it was either 80 or 81. I graduated high school in 81. Yes, I'm that old. But uh, they, that album, Allied Forces, the album just really it was in that time of my life that just really made a, a enormous impression on me and their lyrics, even though they were not a Christian band, their lyrics were very thoughtful and very, uh, for lack of a better word, they just had clean lyrics. You know, you could, anybody could listen to them and, uh, fight the good fight was the song that really, really impressed me off that album. But in doing covers, you know, there's been a lot. I've heard a lot of bands have covered Fight the Good Fight. Some good, some not so good. And, uh, you know, we just wanted to do something different. But as far as why we covered it and why we did the video and uh, all that, you know, 2020, you know, that was the year that, you know, the COVID insanity apocalypse and you know, nothing was going on. Right. And, you know, just like every other band, we were just doing things to to stay relevant. So we, we ended up releasing that EP and, and it was just basically a re-release of a few songs off the first album with Tiffany singing. Uh, we released uh, the Allied Forces video and then we released the Innocent Cry video as well. But uh, it, and that's really why we decided to cover it. Now, we we actually did play that at a few shows and we were using it to using it to close the show. So, I mean, we haven't really, you know, as far as the show, we haven't really played it in, in quite a while, but we decided just to resurrect it and, and do a video, uh, you know, just to, like I said, to stay relevant. And the funny thing about that is, is the day we released it, I don't remember what I was doing, but the day it released, maybe a couple, three hours later, it was, it was, it was some time after it actually released, I opened up my phone, opened up Facebook, and there triumph themselves had run across that video and they posted it from their facebook page oh wow yeah they posted it from, and and we actually picked up a lot of fans wow at that video because they posted it on their facebook page and then maybe like two days three days later i got an email from the band asking for a copy of the video so what they did i sent them a copy of it and they put it on their youtube site so you can go to their youtube page and there's our video on their page Oh, what an, what, man, God has just been blessing you since you really dove into this. And I'd like to, I'd like to share a a portion of the video that you guys did because it just looks like you're having so much fun doing this. And yeah, yeah, we, we want to rock tonight. This is Millennial Rain with their cover of Triumph's Allied Forces. Hold on to your seats, folks. This is going to be good.
Well, that definitely got our viewers' attention. I saw the number of the eyeball just increase as that was playing. That was amazing. And I'm going to do this for you because I know that our viewers that watch on a regular basis, they wait for this every time. We have Mac. He's our Boston Terrier uh, studio dog. And Mac, the metal dog, gives that Mac, the metal dog, seal of approval. So you can... The guys over you got the Mac, the Metal Dog Seal of Approval. If you want that on the back of your next album uh, with a couple of milk bones, how many milk bone ratings that is? Like five. Uh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I got uh, two comments here. I got one from uh, Charles Martin. He says, I want to play like Dave when I grow up. <laughs> Jermaine says that Tiffany's voice is so clean and uh, he gives you, this is Jermaine's hieroglyphics that he usually sends, which means he's just flipping out right now. And yes, Jermaine was waiting for Mac to show up. Mac is uh, 14, but he can still rock like a young, a young pup. So he, he, he sits in here most of the time listening to the music as I'm previewing it. So, you know, I've got a little wiener dog that sits there the whole time and I'm working in the studio. Oh, that is so cool. That is so, what's your dog's name? Boomer. Boomer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. I want to ask you this question real quick. It might be a long answer, okay. but your genre of power metal is not just like, you know, a few riffs and a cool, you know, a couple hooks and some catchy lyrics. I mean, we're talking, you're telling a story, uh, very intricate. Uh, it's very, it's structure is very complex. How do you write this? How does this come to you? What is the process? Well, my, my writing process is a little different than what I guess you could say a normal band is. I was in situations over the years that either I was the primary or only songwriter or, uh, well, basically, that's it. I was the primary or only songwriter. And so I've never really been able to write in a band band situation. You know, if I if I get a, get together with somebody and try to write songs, we end up just staring at each other. You know, I mean, it's just just that's not the way it works for me. Usually, first thing, first place it starts is right here. I'll, I'll literally have a riff going in my head. And until I can get home and sit down with my guitar and, and work out the riff, get it to where I, where I want it, and then I'll record that. And once I record that, then I'll just start building everything else around it. Sometimes I just have an intro. Sometimes I just have a, a verse riff or a chorus. And once I record it, then that's when every other things, and I listen back to it, that's when other things will start coming to me. And even the keyboard parts, uh, you know, I'm not a keyboard player by any means, but I'll hear keyboard parts that go along with what I'm doing. So I end up writing that out as well. I mean, it's just it's just a, a sit down and do it top process. I mean, what you're putting together is just absolutely phenomenal. And as I've been hearing your story, just seeing how God's been honoring everything that you've been doing. And it's really an honor for me to be able to interview you because you reached out to me a couple of weeks ago. And I had known of Millennial Rain. I had heard your music. I got it that's on one of those Ulterium. 
Yeah, I got a, an Ulterium uh, Records CD sampler a couple of years ago. I, some of your some of your tracks, I was like, "Whoa, this is good stuff!" And I was telling Rick on the phone from Metal Sharpens Metal before you went on air. It's like you know when I was emailing back, my fingers were kind of shaking because I was like, "Whoa, this is this is this is really really cool." Uh, We need to take a quick commercial break to pay the bills, but when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about and share a song that Travis Willis did with you. And if I remember correctly, he was the guy that kind of helped you get to the, you know, get the commitments done. Yeah, we just just called him the interim because he came in and and spent about probably not quite a year with us, just getting us through all of our commitments. Well, when we come back and our viewers and our listeners hear Travis Willis, they're going to be like, this just could not have been somebody in the interim. I mean, it's going to blow you away. We'll be back in a flash. I was going to say nothing says America like an R15 laying on the American flag. That's right. That's right. We're all about we're all about that over here. We've got good friends over the American uh, Rugged American Flag Company. Uh, they sponsor the Ravens Heart Livestream and they're major sponsors for Get Revelation Rock Fest in Charleston. Uh, let's talk about Travis Willis and this song "Break the Tide." Um, Break the oh hey and you know who's watching right now? The rugged American Flag Company definitely. <laughs> I'm, I'm pro Second Amendment, so I had to, I had to say that. <laughs> awesome, and he says definitely a new download for me while I'm building flags, and thank you for the plug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I say I'm, I'm a veteran as well, so no problem. Thank you so much for your service. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Yes. Yeah, um, too, right? Yes, I am. Yes. United States Army Reserve. Yes. <laughs> and still serving in several different ways and training our future officers for the United States military and uh, was up very early this morning for physical training. Uh, at, uh, I got up at 345. So it's amazing that I'm still here. But man, this this music is pumping, pumping me up right now. Break the tide. What what does it mean to break the tide? What are we talking about when we roll into this song? OK, actually. I could use the last two years as an example for this song. Uh, again, going back to the insanity of the last two years, uh, especially in the media, and, and it's just a tidal wave of fear. You know, fear is a spirit. Fear is as much as from Satan as it can be. And you know this. This song is just basically saying, you know, you've got to break that tide and keep your eyes on Christ. That's that's the gist. And for our viewers and listeners, I want to play this. We're going to play a segment of Break the Tide. And if you like power metal, you are going to love this song. And this was what, released in 2018? Yeah, this album is uh, The Great Divide. And yeah, it was released in 2018. Yeah, and this is going to be another download for the Rugged American Flag Company uh, playlist for when they make the Rugged American Flag. Check this out. And this was with their vocalist, Travis Willis, the guy who just kind of helped them fill the commitments. Keep that in mind when you watch this.
Okay, okay, just just a minute here. If Roy Khan from formerly Camelot Everybody and Don Yeah, and Don Dockin got in a car wreck and they had right. to sew both of them together, that's what you would have there. Right. What, that that is absolutely amazing. Well Travis, it's no it's no secret. Tra uh, Travis is a big Roy Khan fan. He he really likes Camelot. So needless to say, we get a lot of comments on that. Orlando says that one is great for the uh, try not to headbang challenge. I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, I was sitting, I was sitting here, and I was just about ready. To, I mean, I was about ready to just throw my notes up in the air. I was just having so much fun. <laughs> Jermaine says that voice, and I was thinking the same thing about that sound. That is so well put together. What a pleasure to listen to, and it just drives okay. home. The, it it just goes to show. You know, because a lot of the themes and a lot of your European power metal and your symphonic metal, they're pa they're pagan themes. Yeah. That's just the way that it yeah. is. You know, and you have to understand it and take it for it is what it for it is what it is. But at the same time, in that community, yeah, anybody who's interested in spiritual things, God's drawing them. Uh, yeah. You know, they're just kind of going in the wrong direction. And that you're in that stream, and at a level, I mean, you're serving up porterhouse steaks of metal. I mean, this is just. And to reach them with that and plant those seeds, I'm just so excited about what you're what you're doing. Do you have any new projects that you're working on right now? Uh, we are actually working on the new album. You know, it, everything got slowed to a crawl. You know, over the last couple of years because of everything that's been going on, just like anybody else. Uh, but we are working on the album I, musically. Uh, I have the majority of it written, uh, and I've actually got. Uh, a friend collaborating with me on 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 the lyrics for it. So this album, I'm wanting to go a little more of in your face as far as the word goes. Uh, I'm a huge Petra fan. Uh, I, I I loved them with Greg X Bowles, but when they really reached out and grabbed me were the John Schlitt years, and the uh, This Means War through Beyond Belief. Yeah. Those albums were the ones that just really spoke to me the most. Lyrically, you know, what I understand, uh, Bob Hartman wrote the lion's share of the lyrics on the albums, and the guy was blessed with talent. I mean, the, the things he wrote about uh, lyrically that just really spoke the word. And that's, that's something that I've been wanting to gravitate more to. Uh, again, being down the last couple of years, I've given me a lot of reflection time. And uh, on this next album, what I, again, what I'm wanting to do, I'm wanting to do more of a true ministry. Uh, I'm, I'm not really looking for, for a lot of opening shows for the, for the 
internationals or nationals like I, like I have been. I've, I've mainly been looking more for uh, ministry type shows, uh, festivals, hence how I contacted you. And uh, you know, the last two festivals that we were booked for, one was Elements of Rock in, in uh, Switzerland, and we were supposed to return to ExotoFest, but of course, you know, the restrictions being the way they've been, you know, in other countries, you know, it just keeps getting pushed back. So I've been, even though we're not really geared for, for a lot of U.S. Uh, stores, I guess you'd say, you know, uh, we're just, we're really looking more and doing more of a U.S. ministry here locally. I really appreciate that. And Rugged American Flag says ministry with a punch. And I just want to take a second to encourage you with something. As you say, I mean, you've got, I mean, your lyrics and you pack a punch already, but as you get more in the face and as you get bolder with the word, God's going to bless that at a whole different level that you've not expected. He's blessed you already with the bands that you've opened for, um, you know, that you've opened for Delane and Hammerfall. Uh, That's where I met Orlando and Armor of God at. And there has been some ministry that has occurred at those shows. Delane doesn't know it, but there's been ministry because there's been believers there and they've all kind of found each other. But as you begin to be more in your face with the scripture and the words, you're going to start to see people set free because of your music in a way that you've never seen before. I really believe that you're going to start to see people healed. I believe that you're going to start to see people delivered from the demonic as you break those strongholds with your music. We've kind of seen that to a degree. We had a taste of that at Rockfest here last year. Uh, with a lot of ministry that occurred, uh, a lot of warfare that went on, people that were delivered. We had a baptism right at the end of the show. Uh-huh. And we, we we never imagined that. We were kind of hoping for that. And I really believe that as you become more in your face, more bold with that, God is going to bless that to a whole new level for your band. And there'll be a whole bunch of doors and opportunities that open up for you that you never imagined. And it's just a privilege to be able to meet you tonight. I know that we've talked uh, via email. Yeah, Absolutely. That. Thank you so much. How can our okay, so before we close out, how can our viewers and our listeners support you or help you get to that place where you want to be to minister the way you want to minister? Well, you can go to any of our sites. Uh, of course, we have our own uh, our website is just millennialrain.com. Uh, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash millennialrain. Uh, and if you're interested in buying downloads or music, you can do that through our website or we're we're on Bandcamp as well. That's just strictly digital through Bandcamp. Uh, just find us. Uh, I think it's Bandcamp.com slash Rain 7 if I'm not, not mistaken. But uh, number one would be prayer. Uh, you know, it takes the wisdom of God to be able to do things correctly. You know, we're human. We make mistakes. Uh, there's actually other bands I'm speaking to. You know, as a matter of fact, while I'm thinking about it, uh, I just spoke to Les Carlson the other night from, from uh, Blood Good. We were on those festivals we were supposed to do with them in 2020. We had three of them that they were headlining, and we were supposed to support them on all three of those festivals. And of course, they all got pushed to the wayside. So I'm speaking to him and looking for some ways that we can work together with them because they are a true ministry band as well. And, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, finding finding the right bands to work with, you know, that's that's one thing. You know, you can 
be a Christian band all day long, but you know, what I'm looking for is to see people's lives change now. You know, that that wasn't really I can't say that was the real direction in the beginning. It was more or less just, you know, just glorify God with the lyrics. But now I'm you know, I'm just gonna go ahead and say this. We're living in very short time. Uh you know, first Thessalonians tells us, you know, the rapture's right around the corner. At least yep. at least that's my belief. And the last two years has been a sifting. Uh, you know, in Matthew 13, when Jesus is telling the parable about, uh, you know, the wheat in the fields and the and the tares being planted with them, and uh, you know, a lot of people mistake that for being the rapture. It's not. It is a sifting yes. of yeah. separation of the people who are the tares and the people who are the wheat. And that's why he makes the statement, no, don't don't lift the tares out because you may uplift some wheat with them. And that's what we've seen the last two years. I mean, we've seen true colors flying out of our government, out of uh, just people in the media. I mean, there is there's no mistaking who's a tear and who's the wheat these days. And <laughs> my point being, we're living in very short times and it's it's time to see people they're going to have to make a choice one way or the other. And I want to be yep. on the end of seeing people's lives change for the right choice. Amen. Amen. I stand with you in that. Jermaine says he's going to be praying for you in that as well. We're here to Thank support you. you any way that you can. I'd like to welcome you to the Lithos Cry community. I mean, we are not just a live stream and we're not just, we just don't put on events. We, we are a community and anything you need from us, let me know. And I'd like to get you also in touch with our prayer warrior behind the scenes. People don't see her because she's always praying behind the scenes. Her name is Christina. And um, she is a very strong prophetic gifting as well. And I'd like for you to to meet her and, and talk to her as well. Um, and I'll get you in contact with her. Uh, Orlando made a very interesting comment. Orlando is like, an intellect. I mean, he would have been like one of the great writers of, you know, commentary of scripture and systematic theology back in the day. He says, if the internet gives us one blessing, it's the capacity to reach the human race right. at a global level. And that's yeah. what we've been doing tonight. Dave, thank you so much for joining us. I have one uh, last commercial break before we close out this evening. Dave, if you could hold on and I'll be back with you and to our viewers and our listeners until next week. Peace out and rock on. The church in Charleston, South Carolina is leaving the building on Saturday, May 14th for a day of ministry through music at Get Revelation Rock Fest 2022. Headlining Get Revelation Rock Fest at the Hanahan Amphitheater is Warriors of Light. Other artists include Jenna Parr, The Last Trumpet, Ziggy, Armor of God, Filthy Rags, Red Calling, Xandria Cross, Nettie, Tricord, and Suffering Gift. More information and tickets can be found on Eventbrite or at lithoscry.com. That's L-I-T-H-O-S-C-R-Y dot com. Come on out and join us to rock on and set captives free with the gospel. And we look forward to seeing everybody that's been watching tonight at Get Revelation Rock Fest. And again, as I said, until next week, peace out and rock on. Lithoscry.com.